the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Love Never Fails Radio. Love Never Fails. Inviting you to join in the fight for love. There are millions of people who are trapped in modern day slavery. Take a stand to do something against this injustice. Join the fight against human trafficking. If you truly love, set the captives. Each week, this program sheds light on the needs of vulnerable people in our community who are impacted by human trafficking, homelessness, addiction, and abuse, and celebrates the work of those who are meeting them right where they are and expressing to them that they are precious, valued, and loved. Our goal is to see this radio audience move to compassion demonstrated in acts of service, generosity, and gifts of time. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, founder and executive director of Love Never Fails, Vanessa Russell. And welcome to Love Never Fails Radio. We are so excited to have our special guest in our Bay Area SoCal connection, I should say, our our Oakland SoCal connection in Junia. Junia Kim, who is born and raised in California, spent most of her life in the Bay Area and has the over the last decade has worn the teacher hat in the East Bay and most recently was a leader resident and new school creation fellow at High Tech High. And so she's going to be talking to us all about um, her new journey where she hopes to disrupt repeating patterns of adversely affected youth impacted by the East Bay foster care system and other systems of care. And really looking at a new model where we create a haven that provides environmental stability, trauma-informed community, and meaningful pathways towards a thriving future. Welcome to the show, Junia. Thanks, Vanessa. I'm super excited to be here. (laughs) Yeah, so so cool that we were able to uh, connect just recently and, um, you know, and then bring you on to the show to talk about scene 52 and some of the things that you're doing, um, you know, as it relates to serving the youth uh, throughout the state of California and coast to coast. Right. So um, we're we're you know, we're going to talk a little bit about that in just a moment. But I wanted to drill down on a few things that you and I had the opportunity to meet um, when you were um, at the Momentum Church, right? And the we movement. Were, the I mean, movement. the movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry, the movement church. Still there. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, and uh, okay, cause, um, yeah. because of the remote piece. Yeah, yeah. See, that's yeah. really helping us. And um, so I know you moved to San Diego, but you're still connecting there with the movement church that is based in Oakland, mm-hmm. and yes. um, which is which is awesome. And um, I had the opportunity to meet you there. We did a street outreach or multiple street outreaches together. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, our, our, your, your focus and, you know, relentless focus on the care of underserved, under-resourced, specifically youth was evident uh, during our outreaches and it's just continued to evolve. And so I want to just talk a little bit about you know, where does that come from? Right. What 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 started you off in this direction and why are you so passionate about this? Yeah, yeah. So as I mean, as as you said before, I, I've been I've been a teacher in the East Bay and Oakland and Berkeley um, for the past 10 years. And I think I've just seen a lot. And um, as I began to look into the next 10 years of what I would be doing here, I um, and also getting involved with Love Never Fails and also Foster the Bay with the Movement Church. Um, mm-hmm. The statistics of foster care, not just in the U.S. at large, but really in the Bay Area became super evident to me. 
Um, California as, and this year I've been looking into the numbers a lot more like California. We take one out of every seven foster youth in the whole U S that's concentrated in our state and Alameda County. Like most of the kids are in SoCal, but in Alameda County and San Francisco County, um, half of our youth, especially between the ages of 11 to 17, they're placed outside of our County, which means they're placed in, they're taken out of their neighborhoods and communities that they've grown up with and are put somewhere else. And so I began to think like, okay, on one hand, I could be a resource parent. I could support resource families. um, But what about like, what if there was a way where we could keep students here, um, maybe not do what traditionally has been um, like group homes and congregate care, which has also exacerbated exacerbated traumas within folks. But um, like, perhaps we have a school because that's, that's where my focus and ability is. And Um, The reason that I've come into this, I think, is, first of all, there's I mean, I joke, but I feel like kids don't hate me. (laughs) Kids who've experienced things, I feel like I'm able to make those relationships quickly. And then having grown up with a family that always had their doors open, my father was um, a pastor that traveled a lot growing up and we always have people in our homes um, that just feels natural to me. And so in this next step moving forward, me and my small, small but mighty team of, you know, educators and folks in this community, we began to think like, what could be a different way of bringing about like, you know, environmental stability and joy, um, and then not necessarily forcing kids who've experienced trauma into this one step college, like testing sort of pathway, but really getting to know them individually, um, seeing them, hence seen S-E-E-N 52, like seeing them all year round, 52 weeks mm-hmm. out of that year. Oh, I see. Very cool. I did not realize there was that little uh, fancy connection there. So wordplay. Yeah. Yeah. Wordplay. So 52, (laughs) seeing them 52 weeks. And so seeing them academically, seeing them social cycle, uh, social cycle health. Um, yeah. you know, all of the tra- trauma that they've been through and kind of being responsive in a variety of ways. How, how does, you know, I know you've said this to me when we were talking the other day that sometimes there's this perception that, hey, Junia, you're just a teacher. What do you mm-hmm. know about psychosocial needs of a, of a youth? Tell me, what do you know about that? Yeah. So I feel really blessed to have a few things, right? Like there's, just the personal experience. I think having worked within the Fruitvale and having worked in Title I schools um, during in my life, there's just, I've been, that's the first primary point of contact is I've been able to work with students who have experienced different, um, a variety of levels of um, like these systems of care. And then I've also been lucky to have folks on my team who have a more um, like, connected like that was part of their job description like um and and right now like that's another and and students like we have a youth action squad that has also been tapping in and they've also had their personal experiences um and they can kind of let me know on the ground like what resonates and what doesn't and finally that's part of what this year and this past year has been is just continuing to hear stories continuing to learn from folks who have been in the foster care system or work in the foster care system or just are impacted by it. Um, Just like we've been doing a lot of one-on-one little empathy interviews just to hear and understand from folks. And, um, and we're continuing to like do these and meet with people and make those connections. And that's been really helpful. Awesome. So it sounds like a lot of um, empathetic listening and, um, responding to the things that the youth are telling you that they need. Yeah. And yeah. so, I mean, how much better to, um, I think that's one of the things that we've heard in times past is like, um, you know, you guys are survivor centric or you're survivor informed. And why is that? Well, because, well, we have staff that, you know, that is our survivors, but we, feel really adamant about asking the questions, right? Like what would have prevented this and what would have helped you? And why do you think that happened instead of just, um, you know, academically uh, interpreting it, right? Yeah. Taking the time to interview people and find out why. So 
Um, this is good. Um, all right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back yeah. and talk some more about scene 52 and what it entails. Um, yeah. How does it work? And uh, so we'll, re- we'll take a quick break and we'll come right back. And thanks for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. For more information on this program, visit loveneverfailsus.com. That's loveneverfailsus.com. We'll be right back with more right after these messages. Trash bills weighing you down? At Case Industries, we specialize in lowering waste costs and providing trash consolidation and compaction services for multifamily properties, condos, and commercial shopping centers. Let us help you reduce operating expenses and increase property NOI. Case Industries, saving the planet, saving you money. Contact us today for a property trash and recycling assessment online at caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. That's caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. Case Industries, the property manager's friend. Hi, I'm Sandra Herrera, CEO of Case Industries. I've found that many employers are looking for ways to help the community but don't know how. I encourage you to consider supporting Love Never Fails as a corporate sponsor. Love Never Fails offers all the resources necessary to help young women and men overcome the trauma of exploitation and abuse. And that's why I'm proud to have Case Industries supporting Love Never Fails Radio. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We again are in the studio with Junia Kim, who is one of the leaders looking after her new initiative, Scene 52. Uh, She is a teacher. Uh, She's, you know, fill the role of teacher in in a couple cities in the Bay Area, specifically Oakland most recently. And um, she is, is really has a heart for creating a haven that provides environmental stability, trauma-informed community, and meaningful pathways towards a thriving future for youth affected uh, adversely in the East Bay, specifically the East Bay foster care system. And so um, tell me, you know, Junia, what is scene 52? You know, we kind of t- tapped into it last in the last segment, but tell me, how does it actually work? Yeah, so we our school idea right now, because that is the dream right now, it's built off of the belief that um, our students are resilient and resourceful, adaptive, like highly intelligent. They have a lot of strengths and assets. Um, and yet the circumstances they're in is causing um, like a- adverse school experiences. So we began to think like most programs have this inclusion model, right? Where all these programs exist and we're going to figure out a way to include students who don't fit the mold. Um Scene 52 actually hopes to center their experiences and design around their most felt needs, understanding that if we do that, that would actually benefit the whole um, community at large. Um, So our dream would be um, we would have a school, middle school through high school, because there are programs that exist in the East Bay that are for older transitioning out youth, like maybe age 16 and up. Mm -hmm. Um, But a large number of our students are elementary, middle school students children who experience lots of transition, um, don't stay in homes. Um, And again, like I mentioned earlier, are pulled out of their communities and placed in other counties. So we thought if we had a school where students um, don't have to feel singled out and called out, where they have that community and that understanding, um, they're overwhelmed with resources and with love and teachers are there that are informed and really know and see them, um, that could be a way to start helping students then um, have agency and have like start building hopes and desires once their basic needs, their basic mental health, um, physical, emotional needs are met. So it'd be a school for middle and high school youth. And there would be a living um, a residential component um, in the future that enables them to have ownership over their space. Um, to avoid all of that transition. Um, and then we would, it, we would just be a crash pad. Like students would leave like with resilience, but also the knowledge that failure is going to happen. And that's okay. Because the only difference between our students and students across the Bay in the peninsula in Palo Alto is not like intelligence or anything like that. It's really just 
when kids in Palo Alto fail, their parents have a couch for them and their parents can help them navigate like other ways. And um, we, we want to be that person for them. We want to have that space. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so let, let, let's break it down a little bit further. So sure. um, today, in today's uh, scenario, a child who has experienced some sort of trauma at home, let's say in the middle of the pandemic, mom loses her mm. job. Mom um, mom is stressed to the hill, um, starts using drugs mm. um, to cope. Um, before, no, before you know it, she's full-blown addiction and there's no one home supervising the middle school 12, you know, 12, 13 year old, no one's supervising. She, this child is pretty much um, self-supervised, right? Mm. Mom is not there um, most of the time. And CPS gets called. Mm. CPS gets, you know, called into this, this person was, you know, strong academics, doing well in school prior to all of this, this, you know, prior to the pandemic. They uh, they get called in and it's like, OK, we've got to take custody of you and we're going to put mm-hmm. you in a foster care home that is out of county. Is that where you're mm-hmm. going with this? And so yeah. that typically is what's happening. And um, and then once they're moved into foster care that's out of county, they lose contact with their community, their mm-hmm. network, potentially their mom for the few times. You know, maybe grandma lived down the street. They can't go visit grandma. They can't see their cousins that were across town. They um, they are not physically able to connect with their with their folks. Even their addicted mom is very meaningful to an abused child and to a, a to an a, you know a child going through something like that. So it can actually further traumatize them to move them that far away from their community. Okay, am I yeah. tracking with you? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, yes. okay. So then here comes theme 52 with a housing component and an educational component, somewhat of a boarding school or how would, is that yeah, the vision? Yeah. And this would be different from what, cause I think sometimes when folks who've been working in social services for a while, they, they get a little scared. Like, is this just another glorified group home? Is this congregate care? And I think the difference is that no, first of all, we wouldn't get dollars from the state. Um, this is an opt in piece. And I think this is also where, like, first of all, if there was a grandma there, I think CPS actually does a great job of trying to keep students with their families. Um, But sometimes it might be that like auntie is taking or grandma is taking care of like a a lot of grandchildren. Right. Mm -hmm. And like this child wants a space and they can opt in and they can be in the dorms that we offer. um, And and I think there's options even in that, like we look around and we've researched, there are kids who stay in for a, for a semester until stability is regained and they go back home. Um, that's, that's a situation I've seen at a school in San Francisco. There's other students who they only go to school during the weekdays and then they go home on the weekends. Um, but they're able to kind of focus and focus on school while they live on site. So there's actually a lot of models and flexibility out there. And um, I think the goal stems from like wanting to work with the family to keep kids close by. Right. Because um, like you said, like the trauma that comes from being pulled out of the home and family you want to be in, um, like perhaps like our existence would prevent even that part. Right. If there was a student already attending our school and began to run into these obstacles and we would be aware because we see them, we see their parents. And then we suggest like, hey, would it be helpful right now that while you um, attend rehab or while you are going through this really toxic divorce or whatnot, like, would it be helpful um, for your child to be with us and um, on our on so site? Kind of like a respite care. It could be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And there's and there, uh, there's a. Uh, every. Help One Child is one organization and Safe Families is another organization that I have worked with in the past. And there's one in Contra Costa County and it's for infants and they do, they, they do amazing work. Um, We've, we've had them on the show um, and um, you know, it's an emergency placement for, but it's respite, right. For, um, for parents that are in a difficult situation and they just need somebody help me help me take care of my child for a time uh, while I deal with this trauma. 
And as you know, LNF just opened up our house for yeah. girls, 13 to 17 year olds. And it's a caretaker home, caregiver home too. It's 12 months and it's in partnership with the family because they recognize like, okay, my daughter just got trafficked. Um, mm. I don't have the skills to deal with this. Mm. I need to make, I need help. I need support. So we're saying, we're not going to take your parental rights. We're not no. going to, you know, we're not going to do any of that, but we, we are um, going to actually do the opposite and support you so that the yeah. child can stay close to you and you guys can reunify and we can avoid foster care. Is that kind of this? Yeah. Is, is that the idea? Same it thing, is. right? And with that yeah, academic child, focus, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. And then compare connecting it with the school. Cause as a teacher, I would see them from eight to four. And after that, we don't know what's going on. And I'm, I'm just wondering like to be able to streamline that process. Mm-hmm. So a child doesn't have to see all of these adults all the time, but get to like, I, in a way it's not, it's for me, I feel like it's giving the power back to the child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Awesome. Well, I, I'm, I'm super excited now. I want to talk about some, like, what are you seeing? What are people saying? Like, is, are, are you being in, are, are, is it Kumbaya? Are you being embraced with both arms? <laughs> I just know you are. <laughs> okay. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and talk about, you know, what is the, what is the community's reaction to what you're suggesting? Great. Um, and, um, and kind of maybe explore some solutions. So we'll come right back. And thanks for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. To join in the fight for love, visit loveneverfailsus.com. Don't go away. Love Never Fails Radio will return right after these messages from our sponsors. This is Dr. Miluna Fausch. I am honored to serve on the advisory board of Love Never Fails, where each voice matters as lives are restored. Thank you for your support. Let's face it, you are making a pitch for something every day. Your verbal communication skills are the key to your professional and personal success. My company, Pitch Perfect Presentations, trains executives, management teams, and startups in delivering consistent, effective, engaging presentations to today's diverse audiences to rev up sales, attract clients and fans, and secure funding. Visit PitchPerfectPresentations.com to schedule your complimentary strategy call with me today. That's PitchPerfectPresentations.com, PitchPerfectPresentations.com. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We again are in the studio today with Junia Kim, who is uh, one of the leaders of Scene 52, which is in concept stage at this time. It's a uh, absolutely a, a beautiful model that is uh, being explored and in hopes of implementing a educational um, uh, organization and or school um, that is attached to a residential uh, program in the East Bay available to middle school and high school students that are that have experienced adverse childhood experiences and and or whose families may be going through a trauma and need in additional like, near-term support. And so mm-hmm. thanks for being with us, Junia. So uh, just talking some more about that, right? So you have this, this idea that you are sharing, you've, you've, you've socialized it, you've got some literature. What, what are what's some of the feedback that you're getting? Yeah, it, it falls into two different camps, I feel. So when I talk with students and when I talk with former foster youth I, I, and, and students who have just experienced homelessness, like I, I call it just systems impacted youth um, and maybe social workers that work with them specifically. Um, folks here, they understand the narrative. They see the numbers. Um, and I hear from them, like when I ask them, what would you want in a school? They're like, we want teachers who understand us and we want help like figuring out the FAFSA. 
I was like, yeah. done and done. Like uh-huh. those are, that's a very low bar. <laughs> like yeah. we can definitely do that for you. And so um, on that end, there's like this excitement and there's curiosity, um, especially with students who are former students of mine. They're like, oh, it would be you. And then it'd be Ms. Tina, who's this other teacher I'm working with. I'm like, yeah, we would have teachers who cared for sure. Um, and then I think, and then there's definitely allies and folks who have um, started similar programs or worked in similar programs. Um, and there's curiosity about the red tape and the liability for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are folks who, as soon as they hear any form of like live in or opt in like residential piece right away, they're like, but congregate care is, um, you know, we're, we're like easing that out of California. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you would be, you know, like segregating your children and all of these things like this would be anti-diversity and, um, and so I, I've gotten a lot of that too, as well. Um, and it, it, it's been an interesting ride. Um, I, I definitely have responses to that as well, but that's kind of been the either or um, response I've been getting. And then just in general, understandably in Oakland, um, the idea of just another charter school is scary. And I, and I totally see that as well, having worked in both charter and district. So I understand that kind of reservations as well. So, but it's been a lot of, and I think a lot of it also has to do with the fact that I'm like brand new to this area. Like I never considered um, starting a school until a few years back. And so I think some folks are like, what are you, you're new. What are you, like, what are you doing here? <laughs> so, I, you know, I, I'm like, I'm here though. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, and you've been a teacher in Oakland. So I would think that that stands for something right now. I would, I would believe maybe. so. I would hope so. And okay. involved in the community, involved with teachers, um, maybe not formally, but it's been there. So, yeah. So, so tell me about, you know, so let me, let me, uh, I'm not going to use, let's just say I'm going to, let me poke holes in some things. Let for me sure. ask you yeah. a few questions. So how would you differentiate yourself from a group home? Why, you know, what's different? Yeah. So I think the trauma of group homes, first of all, I would push back on the narrative that all group homes are bad because I know folks who have, who started their careers um, as mentors and working in group homes and they still connect with their uh, students. But I think the problem with group homes and with schools in general, especially schools in underserved na- neighborhoods is just that lack of oversight and accountability. Mm-hmm. So what, am, what are we building into our school system, into our residential care that, um, builds in accountability, builds in oversight, and also that lack of resources and that lack of funding. And Mm -hmm. this is the part where I have a lot of confidence in the folks in the Bay. Like we, as millennials, right, coming in, recognize that um, money and things that we own, that's not why we do things. We do things because there's um, a belief in what's important. And I think it's time for the Bay. And I think the Bay Area in general, like lots of companies, if you provide them with a clear need and a clear ask, um, that's what I'm hoping for is um, getting support from the resources and affluence around us because this need affects the community and just um, the economic loss that happens when a student graduates and is underemployed, undereducated. Um, and that could be that could be tweaked in a in a decade, right, or in a generation. So mm-hmm. I think there is like an economic reason for why um, we should get these resources, even though the state itself, like public education itself, doesn't provide enough funding. So your idea is that you recognize that there's some of the challenges with the existing educational organizations and or group homes were, you know, funding oriented, um, you know, not having enough resource, not having enough oversight. And mm-hmm. your, your, your thinking there is that you will be able to solve for that by uh, bringing in the affluence of the Silicon Valley and engaging with, you know, those individuals for, to, to kind of close those gaps. Yeah. I mean, we could call our school the Tesla school of seeming like just, yeah, we're, yeah. Time to like start, um, reaching out and like really pulling on those network pieces that, you know, me and like our starting founders have. So yeah, that's gotcha. the dream. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, those, there's several examples of, you know, um, corporate and social organizations coming together to affect yeah. change. Right. So um, I think it's a 
it's absolutely feasible. Tell me about the residential piece. So um, do you, how do you foresee that, you know, looking in terms of, is it, you know, each person has their own room. I mean, I, so, and, and let me just help you here because I, you know, as you know, I'm, I'm running houses. And when yeah. I first started this program, the vision that I had is that everyone would have their own room. And I said this from the top, I said it in the beginning, I said, my goal is that everyone would have their own room because I think it gives people dignity to have their own room and their own space and their own, you know, closet and, um, and my first house that I, I, I leased, every room was only one person and their children. And um, it was absolutely wonderful. And the people who came there, they didn't have to deal with the stressors of being in Rome with somebody who's going having a bad day and having yeah, to yeah. deal with their trauma. Um, but unfortunately, that was not economically feasible in yeah. the Bay Area. So. With that in mind, tell me what your vision is. You know, what, how do you see yeah. things being laid out? Yeah. And so for us, um, I think I've seen. So one one lucky thing now, especially as we're getting vaccinated and looking out, there's models, there's pre-existing models um, of student housing. And unlike most of these students are, you know, middle school through high school. Right. And so I think we are thinking about roommates, but having lovely like community spaces and there would be an adult who lives there, right? It wouldn't just be the sort of stranger, like 24-7, keep it staffed. Like maybe those staff would exist as well. Um, and for us, I do believe like nature itself also has a healing element. And um, I've been learning about grafting and planting. Um, I've seen the school where they have a chicken coop and kids are like naming their chickens and building around that. So um, we've definitely like, dreamed out those pieces, but I do also think that we want to have the school established first before we start breaking ground for um, land and for housing, but it would be a home. Like I think for us, we want it to feel like a home, um, not super sterile, but also getting kids ready for, you know, future dorm life. Um, Cause a lot of these like conflicts that come up help when there's an adult there to help walk through that. Mm, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. So especially if you're talking about high school students, if you're trying to get them college ready, it wouldn't be an abnormal thing to say, let's get us ready for dorm life because you're going to go off to college and everything else. So that's a interesting, interesting, um, you know, way to look at it. So anyway, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. I'd like to talk a little bit about how you feel the youth our youth that you serve and want to serve are being impacted during the pandemic. We're going to come right back. And thanks for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. For more information on this program, visit loveneverfailsus.com. That's loveneverfailsus.com. We'll be right back with more right after these messages. Trash bills weighing you down? At Case Industries, we specialize in lowering waste costs and providing trash, consolidation, and compaction services for multifamily properties, condos, and commercial shopping centers. Let us help you reduce operating expenses and increase property NOI. Case Industries, saving the planet, saving you money. Contact us today for a property trash and recycling assessment online at caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. That's caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. Case Industries, the property manager's friend. Hi, I'm Sandra Herrera, CEO of Case Industries. I've found that many employers are looking for ways to help the community but don't know how. I encourage you to consider supporting Love Never Fails as a corporate sponsor. Love Never Fails offers all the resources necessary to help young women and men overcome the trauma of exploitation and abuse. And that's why I'm proud to have Case Industries supporting Love Never Fails Radio. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We again are in the studio today with Junia Kim. He's one of the founders of Scene 52, and we're just talking about the, her program and also just Oakland, the Bay Area, things that um, the youth, specifically East Bay foster youth, need. 
And so uh, just thinking a little bit about the pandemic, right? So there's just been such an impact to those that are were already underserved and under-resourced, people who have barely were holding on to their retail jobs or their service jobs have lost those jobs. Granted, many of them received um, unemployment, which has been really a, a lifesaver. But um, now the, the unemployment is coming, you know, is coming to an end. Mm. And um, and certainly it's been a hard time mentally for many of our youth. What are you seeing? What are you hearing from your youth? You, you talked to me about talking with a few of them on IG. What, what, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing, because the kids that I'm talking to, those are kids who are making themselves available to an adult. Right. And yeah. so even that, um, you know, hard to go to sleep at night thinking about the child who I'll, I'll randomly keep tabs on and then they'll disappear for you know months. And I think that's the experience that a lot of educators um, and social workers have been experiencing. And with foster youth, too, like on one hand, there's this piece of like they've been able to stay with their school of origin even if they got moved outside of the county because it's all been distance. But at this point, what I'm hearing from the county is we don't really know where our students are. And as I heard about like Santa Rosa County opening um, now, the numbers of because teachers are actually the number one um, callers, right? They're the number one referrals for um, CPS um, for good or for bad. I think there's a lot of things that we can kind of look into that as well. Um, in terms of bias, but, but we're expecting that as schools start to open, there's going to be um, kids who have gone through a lot of trauma or neglect um, that will be kind of raising back up to the surface. Um, So I think there's a lot of that. And the last piece is a lot of students haven't been able to interact with each other. And I think a lot of them are experiencing um, feelings of, um, like not necessarily failure, but they, they don't have their, like, I'm a student muscles there. They don't have that mm-hmm. confidence. And so looking forward, I just see a huge need for explicit, like social emotional learning for kids of all ages, not just younger ch- children and just helping with how to, um, how to be and, and how to really like breath, take a breath and, um, lean into being around people. Um, and I know they crave that too, as well, but there's also the fear of, um, you know, just in general, like adolescence is a hard time to socialize and interact with people. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the the level of um, maturity that we're expecting, uh, in particular, middle school students to demonstrate is just, it's, it's kind of kooky. I I, I have a uh, two 13 year olds, And um, one of them is not social, um, not in the, you know, like connect, needing to physically be with people kind of way. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's a gamer. And then the, (laughs) and then my daughter is like, she needs to have a friend over every day. Mm -hmm. And she's really had a hard time with the pandemic. And she's, you know, she's, she's experienced some trauma in her childhood, but not nearly to the level that some, you know, many of the youth that we serve have. And um, even she, you know, has, there's been an acting out in different Mm -hmm. things. And you're like, um, and you're going like, what, what's the problem? And it's like, I don't have the words to express the frustration I'm feeling about not being able to be with my friends. And, you know, of course, you know, during a pandemic, I'm, you know, I'm human. So I say things like, are you kidding me? You have a roof over your head and you're not living in a tent somewhere and you got food in your belly and you're complaining. Do you understand we're in a pandemic right now? You know, it's like, and you know, and then I have my moments. I'm like, uh, that wasn't very trauma informed. That wasn't very, there was no motivational interviewing in there, Vanessa. There was nothing empathetic about that. That was just all, um, uh, just all you, wasn't it? So anyway, so. The point is that our our youth are acting in very strange ways, erratic ways and erotic ways, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. Um, They're coming into their own sexuality and feeling in all kinds of feelings and thoughts and don't have anywhere to test it out or 
Yeah. Or no one to kind of say, oh, I think he's cute or I think she's pretty or whatever, because it's not the same. And so they're going online and trying something out. And it's with a 50 yeah. year old man who's preying on them somewhere. So it's just a wild yeah. place, huh? Yeah. yeah. It's it's a really strange time to be a middle school and even elementary student. Yeah. Yeah. And adults haven't caught up with the technology for some reason. And and it's not it's not all bad, right? But yeah, I feel like because we don't know something, then we freak out around it, and um, yeah. we don't figure out how to use it to our advantage as well to support to support our youth. Yeah. yeah. Do you feel you know one of the things that you're you're going to hear from us is uh, coming up here is we're going to start talking about situational awareness. We're with this group called Paradis Group, and um, and creating an app that um, helps parents and, and community members learn how to become more aware oh. of things that are going on. Do you feel as a teacher, you are aware of how to equip your students to um, be safe at this time, how to get help? If they're feeling mentally unwell. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's the beauty, like the site that I'm at right now, um, I feel like and I feel like our site specifically, because we continue these conversations with families and students, we have resources. But I think what's difficult and it's gotten better because kids are coming back on campus is especially in middle school. You don't say these are the resources. Reach out. You keep an eye out and you see the child that you're worried about Mm -hmm. and you talk with another teacher and say, hey, is this also going on in your classroom? And then together you kind of like poke into their lives and say, hey, I know maybe you don't want this resource right now, but but let me like have you go speak with our therapist or let why don't why don't we give you some space or why don't you come hang out after school or during lunch with me and let's chat it out. Um, And the I think my biggest thing that I think is a quality that I'm glad that I have is the ability to recognize like something's off and let me go. um, Let me go chat with our therapist or let me go chat with my friend who does therapy or let me hear from somebody who is a behavioral um, specialist, you know, like, so I feel like I have a wide enough net of folks who also are passionate about kids. Um, And I think that's where things start. Um, And especially middle school, I think is hard because your brains shift between those years of puberty as much as your brain shifts between the age of zero and two. Um, and with zero and two, we see them physically growing. And actually with middle school, you see them physically growing as well. But sometimes we get, we forget how much of, um, how much of an impact that hormonal shift has on, on children. Um, but yeah, there's resources there, but I, I don't think just having resources is enough. I think it's really about, being able to notice a child and like, and then like personally inviting them in to getting support if they need it. And that's what's really hard during the pandemic. I think what I hear you saying is number one, as a teacher, you got to have some resources on deck that you go to a go-to team. Um, I also hear you saying you've got to watch carefully your students and observe certain behaviors or changes in behavior so yeah. that you know when to connect those resources on your bench in. Um, and it's not enough to just say, here's the resources, you know, like as we do with yeah. adults. Oh, you want help? You want to find housing? You want to find food? You want this? You want that? Here's the here's the website. It's on the web, you know. Uh, go to foodandresources.com. It's not that kind of thing. Yeah. You got to lead the horse to the water when uh, when you're talking about children. That's what I hear yeah. you saying. So we're going to take a quick break, um, but we'll come right back and we're going to talk about how people can connect to you and your, you know, the beautiful work that you're doing. So we'll come right back. Thanks for listening to Love Never Fails. (laughs) To join in the fight for love, visit loveneverfailsus.com. Don't go away. Love Never Fails Radio will return right after these messages from our sponsors. This is Dr. Miluna Fausch. I am honored to serve on the advisory board of Love Never Fails, where each voice matters as lives are restored. Thank you for your support. Let's face it, you are making a pitch for something every day. Your verbal communication skills are the key to your professional and personal success. 
My company, Pitch Perfect Presentations, trains executives, management teams, and startups in delivering consistent, effective, engaging presentations to today's diverse audiences to rev up sales, attract clients and fans, and secure funding. Visit PitchPerfectPresentations.com to schedule your complimentary strategy call with me today. That's PitchPerfectPresentations.com, PitchPerfectPresentations.com. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. Junia, thank you so much for being here with us. It's been such a pleasure. Um, what can, how can people connect with your work? Yeah, so we have a website, seen, S-E-E-N, 52.org, O-R-G. Um, and I can, I can be reached at Junia at scene52.org. Um, and we have an Instagram page, but it hasn't really been built out. It's just at scene52ed, ed, scene52ed. Um, and those are, those are some ways to reach me. Um, I'm really responsive on email and, um, yeah, we're, we're playing it out (laughs) as we go. (laughs) Awesome. Well, and you know, the fact that you're spending so much time kind of collecting information and input is really thoughtful. And, um, I just want to commend you on that. Um, I feel like you're coming into this really like carefully and thoughtfully. And, um, so I'm so glad that, um, I'm one of the many people that you've sought out for, um, you know, input. And uh, I'm I'm very excited to see what happens as you progress. So uh, let us know how we can help. Um, Also, uh, things that are going on in the community, just wanted to share a few things uh, with you all. So uh, this month, we are bringing awareness to sexual assault awareness. in the month of April, uh, we've been re- bringing awareness throughout the month of April to sexual assault awareness and child abuse prevention, uh, child abuse mm-hmm. awareness throughout the month of April. And so now as we're coming into May, um, you are going to see a shift a bit, um, but we do want to invite you to join us uh, as we take on a new initiative called Words of Hope. And you can actually find out more about this on our website by going to uh, loveneverfailsus.com forward slash words of hope. And there you will see that uh, we are talking about a need or a desire to provide cards to our survivors and to the students that we serve and to provide just inspirational cards, maybe with stickers on them, um, by the way, the URL is words-of-hope. And so we, we kicked it off here in, in, um, during the sexual assault and child abuse awareness month, but we're going to continue it on throughout May. And again, we're looking for inspirational words to go to our survivors that really encourage them as they pursue a new goal, a, face a difficult memory, or learn to use their voice. And so you can draw the card yourself. You can put stickers on it. And we ask that you send that, that those letters to loved one, care of Love Never Fails, 6937 Village Parkway, number 2074, Dublin, California, 94568. So that's on our website. And you can actually see a little video there of Tish who talks about how much her card meant to her. Also, we're asking if you would send toiletry packages and there's a link to some different options. We use those as we go out and do our outreach at hotels throughout the Bay Area in Oakland, Pittsburgh, San Francisco, and Hayward. Um, we also always are, you know, in need of financial support. So we're asking you to join us as a member. Um, membership starts as, as little as 12 months, um, uh, $12 a month and goes all the way up, I believe, um, to whatever amount um, you would like to contribute on a monthly basis. So becoming a member, we have some new cool T-shirts, which we could send your way. Um, we have bracelets. We have little stickers and things like that. And I know you don't become a member for those things, but they're kind of nice little garb that 
you get to have, um, swag that you get to have that we'd like to send over to you. And then, of course, to invite you to pray. Uh, join us in prayer for victims of sexual assault, child abuse, and human trafficking. So go to, again, loveneverfailsus.com forward slash words dash of dash hope. And there you will find an outline for this new initiative that we kicked off in the month of April. Um, we also want to just share with you that you can continue to support us by going to our store, our online community store. And the and the link to that is store.loveneverfailsus.com. So um, we have all kinds of really cool stuff that's there um, ready for your shopping pleasure and for your ability to give back. Um, as you know, our store employs uh, survivors from our home and allows them to sometimes have the first job that they have, will ever have. Um, and so it's really important that we um, uh, support that work. And um, also just, exciting news as it relates to that. Stay tuned. We're actually shifting gears on our store a little bit, and it's looking like we are going to be moving uh, towards a flea market model. So stay tuned with some marketplace options in the community. It's going to be kind of cool. We think an outdoor option might be a little bit better, especially during this time of the pandemic. So stay tuned. But um uh, other than that, I uh, also want to encourage you, if you're interested in getting going with an, a career in IT, we still have some self-study classes, coding in Python, um, coding um, coding in Python, uh, also learning about sensors through Internet of Things. And you can get to those classes uh, in a self-paced mode at loveneverfailsus.com forward slash IT biz. All right, y'all. Well, it's been fun. Thank you for being a special part of our lives, listening into the radio show. And if you haven't heard it before, or if you need to hear it again, we want to make sure that you know that you are loved. Thanks for joining us this week on Love Never Fails Radio. We trust that you've been inspired by these stories of hope and love and that you'll accept our challenge to get involved by contacting us at loveneverfailsus.com, by liking and sharing our Facebook page, Facebook slash Love Never Fails Radio, or by making a contribution directly to Love Never Fails. This program is the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails, which is a donor-supported nonprofit ministry that Vanessa founded as a way of directly impacting the lives of young people who are trapped in or at risk of becoming involved in human trafficking. This broadcast needs your involvement and support. To find out more, simply go to loveneverfailsus.com and click on the radio show link. Today's program was brought to you in part by Case Industries, as well as supporters from Faith Fellowship, New Hope Christian Fellowship, and the International Church of the Foursquare Gospel. On behalf of Vanessa and the whole team at Love Never Fails, thank you for listening, and thank you even more for committing to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Give up a chance, give up your